0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Austin. And today's format's gonna be a fun, different format. We're calling the Two Minute Drill. We kind of stole this idea from Ben Bergeron's Chasing Excellence podcast. Uh, But based on the questions we got, it's gonna be very different (laughs) from his types of podcasts. We got some some good questions, we got some funny questions, some serious ones. Uh, But basically the Two Minute Drill is me and Austin trying to answer your questions in two minutes or less. Austin posted on our Facebook group and got a bunch of great questions uh, sent over to us. So, we're gonna set a timer for 20 minutes, see how many we get through. If we don't get through many of them, we'll do another episode and we'll probably do more of these in the future. So, we're just gonna alternate asking questions of each other. We'll each give an answer if it applies to both of us and we'll just go through the list. All right, so start the clock. You ready? All right. Yeah, three, you're going first. Two, one, and go. Super important question. Why do my feet cramp when I do wall balls? <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I usually get this on, like, cleans and double unders and jumping or burpees even where I'm trying to grip the ground. Um, but one thing I notice is that I actually stand in my toes a lot. Like, if I'm just standing and not thinking about it, I'm just naturally in my toes. So my my feeling is that this person is probably – in their toes more than they realize when they're in the wall balls or when they're coming off the ground a lot of people jump into their toes so it's like that burpee like that power clean like that box jump or double under that that people are doing so my thought is that if this person was to keep their feet on the ground 100 percent and stay in their heels that they would not cramp doing wall balls i
1: have the same answer i was also going to say i'd like to see what movements it was potentially paired with if it was something like wall balls and like a box jump or something where it's just a lot of that same movement pattern of like the extension of the foot possibly but yeah same answer as you what did you want to be when you were little oh man um it changed a lot i would say the first thing i wanted to be was a chiropractor um because i thought they were rich <laughs> Oh, that was a great idea. Um, And then also there was a chiropractor in my hometown who basically told my grandparents if I got the degree, he would hand over the business to me um, when I was that age. So I feel like originally that was it. Mostly
0: for the money, though. That's a sad childhood.
1: (laughs) Not an astronaut or anything. What about Um, you?
0: I wanted to be a professional athlete, professional baseball player. So yeah, that was my goal. I guess another one. I did want to be like an agent for like a sports,
1: I guess, team. Um, they're not for the team but for players i guess it's cool, cool.
0: <laughs> go ahead what all you right got next let's see when was the light bulb moment that you and tony said we need to open a gym here so my light bulb moment uh of opening a gym happened in london so give you a quick background i worked two years of sales at norwegian cruise line after one year of professional baseball with the red sox organization And I quit that sales job prior to finding CrossFit, but I found CrossFit as an athlete a few months later for about the first eight to 12 months of doing CrossFit. I did not have any aspirations to coach or own a gym. We moved to London, thought we were moving to London. It ended up being just like a three month extended vacation. And that gave me a lot of time to just reflect, journal, write, do a lot of walking. And I kept coming back to what is what are the things that I spend my time on, reading, watching, listening to get me excited when I'm not working, when I don't have a boss looking over my shoulder. And it was always fitness, health, nutrition. I, I found myself every time I had free time, I'm um, looking at magazines, looking online at that stuff. So for me, it was looking kind of back at my history and then saying, okay, well, I love this CrossFit thing. And I got exposed to this really cool gym in London when I was there that had more of the feel that I would would see myself doing in a CrossFit gym. So those two things kind of converged to saying, uh, when I get back to the states, I'm going to get my level one. I'm going to coach as many as many gyms as possible, CrossFit gyms, and if I like it enough as a coach, we're going to open one up. Uh, what's the what's the most amount of gyms you coached at at one time? I was only, I was only at three at any given time, <laughs> oh, but they they were. Uh, Key Biscayne in South Miami, um, CrossFit CVI in Pompano, and CrossFit Siege in Miramar. So put that into Google Maps and see where that ends up. And I was in Davie in the middle. It's so, crazy. Um, yeah, you opened up a gym as well. So what was your light bulb moment? You could answer this question as well. Um, yeah,
1: our light bulb moment was, um, well, we started coach. I guess, kind of similar path in the sense that we found a gym that we loved. Um, I feel like because the coaches I had, I really liked, it made me want to be that, um, which we became, started coaching and then, um, yeah, just realized that where I was from, um, didn't have it yet. And yeah, so we introduced it to that town and now there's like three there, which is pretty cool that they all kind of came from us um, after we sold. All right, my turn. What's your favorite cereal? My favorite cereal. Okay, I like uh, Chex Mix. But the honey kind that's a cereal i think so <laughs> <laughs> honey nut mix or something okay. like that <laughs> i don't like the fruity kind like fruity pebbles or anything like that
0: yeah those are okay i'm a big fan of cinnamon toast crunch lucky charms i think it's like the reese's puffs cereal yeah. i think that's what they're called I'd, I'd say those are probably my top three just off the top of my head okay those are all right
1: um really important question uh if, if LeBron is the best player of
0: all time, why do you think he flops so much? I think that's a good question. I really hate flopping. Um, I'm in a soccer league right now on Friday nights and just really despise flopping. Um, and, yeah, I think that flopping is definitely a bad thing for basketball. I think it's one of the reasons why soccer has not caught on to the degree in the U.S. that it, it should and could. Um, so, yeah, stop flopping, LeBron. See, man, I I see it as
1: you need to score as many points as you can to win the game. And if you flop good enough, you get to go to the line and shoot some free throws for some easy buckets.
0: So. Yeah, I think they started doing it, but I'm a huge fan of of going back to replays after the game and giving out penalties after the game for flopping. I know it's hard to do in the moment, and I don't think that should be on referees, but I think one of the best ways to police that would be to give out penalties after the game. Because realistically, refs do need help. They do, you know, if, if, you're the, if you're the person that, like that happens in our soccer game, someone kicks me in the shin, but I just keep going and it's often not called. But at the same time, I don't feel, I didn't feel pain, I'm not gonna stop. So um, I think it would be a great way to get more true reactions to actual plays in the field. So because the penalties come
1: later, it's typically a fine of some sort. Does
0: the fine need to be based off of the player's salary?: <laughs> I think the fine needs to be big enough that people don't want to do it. yeah, I think it needs to be big enough for its and I think it's if money's not going to be a good enough fine, I think it needs to be time time, right? I agree. incentives I agree What's the most quotable movie: The most
1: quotable movie? There is a lot. I think for me there's two. Um, both of them my favorite movies. Both of them completely different genres. One is Coach Carter. I don't know why I can quote every bit of that movie. The next one is The Campaign with Will Ferrell. I don't know if you've watched that. It's more funny now with all the political things going on in the world to watch it. And if you haven't watched that, you should watch it because um, you can kind of sit back and laugh at everything that goes on now. Um, but that movie is just
0: hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that. I'll have to see that. Coach Carter, wow, that's surprising. <laughs> Uh, the two that popped into my head were Anchorman oh, yeah. and Dumb and Dumber. Okay. I think those are the two that I still often use quotes of during classes and no one picks up on. And then the few people, I get, I get a few random laughs or you know, people notice after the fact. All right. How did you train, or not train,
1: as a kid, and as a kid meaning under 18 years old?
0: How did I train? How did you train? Um, so... Tony was two years, is is two years older than me. So he started like benching, squatting, doing stuff like that, mostly benching, if you can tell (laughs) with Tony. And so I started doing, I started doing benching when I was in middle school and early part of high school, we had a bench in our garage. We also had the total gym in our garage. Shout out to Chuck Norris. And I mean, the total gym was pretty legit, actually. I really liked that. So when I was in middle school, I remember, because it was a late start, I would get up at like six thirty, seven in the morning, I would hit one or two buckets of balls off the tee, and I would work out in the total gym, nice. and sometimes bench press in the morning. Sometimes bench press, I like that. Uh, I
1: didn't work out any by myself, except baseball, like practicing baseball, obviously I would do that on my own, but as far as working out goes, my baseball coach, my high school baseball coach convinced me that I shouldn't work out. Um, and during baseball season, I wasn't allowed to work out because of potential injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's a long story, but yeah, besides that, I worked out just in the normal weight training. Um, every day at school, we had a weight training class. That was one of our
0: hours and that was it. That's all I did. Yeah. I love the weight training class. Yeah. And we had a, a Jupiter. It was great. How often do you <laughs> plan to do a workout, but then you coach it or see everyone do it and die and then change your mind?
1: I laughed when I saw this. I think this is from Kelly. Um, so I've never, I guess I've never, like, coached the workout. I've been like, oh, man, I'm not going to do this because it looks really bad. Now, what I can say is when I, once I've gone through, let's say I coached the five, six, seven. I've coached the five, six, seven. so I've gone through the same warm-up, workout, cool-down, the same hour-long routine. And once I get that, the time where I'm going to work out, there are times where I'm like, I don't want to sit through that class one more time. So I'll usually go do beach fit and like completely change it. So I'm like hearing something new for the first time in four hours. I have done that. Now, I remember me and you used to open um, when we do the open. And there was a couple of those workouts where I was watching people like die. And I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. But we, we did it anyway. But yeah, I would say it's not like because I'm scared of the workout or anything like that. But it's definitely like the hearing and going through the same routine that I just did for three hours, and I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go do beach. Yeah, I today. need to change it up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think early in my coaching career, I was I would see people suffer, and I would it would make me really like fearful and scared, and be like I don't want to go through that myself. Yeah. Um, but now there's this weird, almost like naiveness that happens where I, I watch people suffer, and then in the back of my mind, I'm like. Yeah, but that won't happen to me or something. I don't know what I'm thinking, but I get more—I get strangely more excited to do it yeah. after seeing people suffer, and it's not because I want to suffer. I think it's just this weird thing in my brain that makes me feel naive. All right, because it's not you. What coach plays the best music? It's definitely not me. Um, I will not even try to get in that conversation. Um, Man, I actually think Tony's the best at it. I think Tony's got some pretty good playlists. And um, yeah, everybody's playing Fit Radio. I mean, that's if, if you yeah. guys are wondering, everyone's playing Fit Radio. So um, if you have a coach that plays good music, they're usually playing the same few playlists over and over again. So some, I think some coaches have three to five playlists that they literally play over and over again. And then some coaches have 15 to 20 that they play over and over again so you might get more variety but not that perfect playlist every time and then you have coaches like me that go to top 40 playlists or hip-hop playlists and just hit play and hope for the best and then if it feels really (laughs) awkward at any point I try to hit skip Um, but yeah I'm the exact same way I just go and hit play
1: and then if someone complains or I hear something like oh that's bad I run and change it but for the most part I'm so not hearing what's playing anyways so yeah, not, it's not me either. I would have to say the best music is probably Jack. I like Jack's. Okay. It's a good amount of hip-hop. I like that when I work out.
0: Which traditional sport, like a baseball, basketball, oh, no. tennis, soccer, requires the most athleticism? So, funny story before I answer that. Danielle and I used to
1: always fight when we first got together about whose sport was more athletic. or more, Which one required the most athleticism? Between what? Between baseball and (laughs) cross-country. Okay. So that was always a huge argument. Um, Now, thinking about it, um, I just started golf. I really want to say golf because it makes me feel very unathletic, but it's not golf. It's definitely not golf. Um, I'm going to have to say,
0: just off the top of my head, I'm going to have to go with basketball. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think any sport that doesn't have some element of – Hand-eye coordination is—it's hard to, to put that in there. And then football is such a variety of positions. positions I think we'd like actually have to—we'd actually have to say a specific position in football and say that that is the most athletic. Like a linebacker potentially is the most athletic in it. But um, you know, it helps to have a definition for fitness and athleticism. Yeah. I think CrossFit's definition is a pretty good one of just taking the ten domains of strength, endurance, agility, balance, coordination power. So being equally good in all of those, or many of those things, I think is, is probably the best working definition we have of that. And I think that basketball's the closest, I would say the one weakness that basketball has is probably the strength side of things, yeah. but you still have to be really strong to you know, be as explosive and jump as high as a lot of those athletes yeah. do. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build on this question. Who do you think is the most, the best athlete in the world? right now oh my god from an athleticism standpoint i don't know now off the top of my head i don't know okay Do why? Well, have- i, I Le- lebron popped into my LeBron, head and i think yeah. lebron's probably the best the most athletic i've watched some of his workout videos and it just makes me not believe he's that athletic <laughs> i agree with that
1: <laughs> all right um most overrated and underrated exercise
0: man this is tough um yeah. I think it really depends on the environment you're in when you're when you're in a functional fitness environment the bench press quickly goes from in a in a globo gym setting the bench press is probably the most overrated exercise in a functional fitness setting it almost it all often becomes an underrated exercise so so much of this is about context and what the people you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. with value um i'm gonna throw out the rowing machine as an underrated exercise, just because I think it's such a great full Full body body, thing. And I did do a top five underrated exercises. So I'm not going to use any of those, which was things like side planks and farmer's carries and things like that. So I was trying to use something different. um, So I'm going to go underrated as the rower. I'm going to go
1: overrated because people always ask why they're not in as stand push-ups, kipping in particular. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. I was gonna go. Now that you said that. I was gonna say any any kipping it movement. Could, I, I think gonna, is overrated. I was gonna agree as well.
1: Five minute warning. By the way. Okay. Did you have an underrated? Underrated. Um, I would agree. I would probably agree with the rower or just any movement like that. Like to me, like a burpee kind of does the same thing. A thruster is pretty close to the same thing. Um,
0: yeah. Anything that just kind of gets the full body at one time. Hmm. Do you sometimes spend more time on naming a workout than creating it? No, definitely not. But I do spend a
1: lot of time naming workouts. Now, I've gotten better. I've gotten smarter because now I just take a second to think about what I want the theme of the week to be. And then once I have a theme, it's easier to come up
0: with some names. Yeah, Bruce Ringstein was a classic.
1: I, I liked paying Gretzky still to this day. That was pretty yeah, good. that one's good as well. Um, we've, had some, we've had some good ones. But no, not as long as the workouts. <laughs> All right, let's go with, because I, I'm not, I don't remember. Um, when we voted to change the name to Fit Town, do you remember what our
0: number two option was? Man, there were so many names, and your brief background is that so many names that you like in this process, once you run it through some kind of a checklist of, is it taken, um, is, it, you know, is it unique, can you get a website for it, can you get a Facebook page, an Instagram page, So many good ideas that would have been number two really don't even then come they don't even get on the uh discussion so um i would say if i had to pick a actual number two that was in consideration would be frezafit which i really liked for obvious reasons (laughs) um and especially stepping into our own brand our own thing but, um, but yeah, that's probably the it's only It's funny. I, I remember, like, helping come up with some names, and I don't remember at all what I came up with, so they must not have been that good. <laughs> How did you come across us in your coaching journey? Oh, my gosh. We've, fun- we've been talking about this a lot lately. Um,
1: so, Daniel and I had a gym, like we talked about earlier. We sold the gym. Um, once we sold the gym, we were kind of open and free to do really whatever we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to only coach and not own anymore. That was very straightforward for us. Um, we have a friend named Jeremy who owns a site called Barbell Jobs. There was a, I basically a long time ago, I'd said like, hey, if there's a beach job, let me know. That's kind of like a joke. Um, and then I was scrolling through some social media, saw a CrossFit Palm Beach listing, um, thought, oh, that would be cool, um, but then kept scrolling. Two weeks later, the same posting came up, um, and then I decided, I was like, I'm just gonna email him, see what happens. Uh, Daniel was asleep, had no idea I was gonna do it. Um, emailed, and I think like the next day we were on the phone, and then like two days later, we were in Florida, and then like two weeks later,
0: we moved here. Yeah, it happened really <laughs> quick. Really, really quick. Um, I guess, is it your, oh, yeah, your it's turn? Oh yeah, it's
1: my turn. Yeah. Um, let's go with, what is one thing you wish most of the clients would do more of, and
0: then on the flip side, less of. I wish more clients would. I have two things. One is slow down, um, just in general with all movements, and then the second. The actually, this is the biggest thing. I wish more clients would give more time and attention to the warm ups. Um, if you ever watch me warm up, I'm like in the zone. I'm trying to really uh, treat it. I'm trying to number one break the seal as I call it which is like get that first sweat that first uncomfortable feeling out of the way in the warm-up so I can perform as well from like an aerobic energy system standpoint in the workout I think that's big in the warm-up but I think having intention in your movements I, I think about the quote how you do anything is how you do everything and I really try to use the warm-ups to refine and start to build that mind-body connection so that's that's number one by far would be give more. Attention to the warm ups. I was going to say the same thing, but
1: I was going to take it in a
0: different context.
1: I was going to say treat the barbell prep like it's your one rep max, which yeah. kind of applies the same thing you're saying. What do you wish they would do less of?
0: Less of would be um, socializing <laughs> sometimes while we're talking or just talking while we're talking. I, um, yeah, I always try to be the, the athlete that I want our athletes Ooh. to be in class and, uh, and I, I try to always pay attention at the whiteboard. And I just think that not only are going to get more out of class if you feel like there's something to be learned at the whiteboard every day or while the coach is talking every day, but it's, it's going to actually allow the class to move a lot faster so that coach doesn't have to, to waste as much time. So we can actually potentially fit more into class if, uh, if people are paying attention. Yeah, to wrap up, um,
1: I think what I was going to say is coming into class less, or coming into class with um, less expectations on yourself, like coming into class and just letting the day happen Um, I think sometimes we come in like on a lifting day and like I expect this number to happen Mm. and you never know what happened that weekend or the night before, coming to a class expecting to do really good on the workout and then walking out disappointed so just coming in with less expectations and literally just working out I think sometimes they take it a little too far like like they almost forget that they're just here to work out. Like mm-hmm. it is just a workout. Um, and it becomes bigger than that to some people, which is good in some ways and then can be very negative in other
0: ways. So that's cool. mine. Alright, we'll wrap up on that. I think we'll be back soon, maybe even like 30 seconds from now with the part two. <laughs> Thanks for joining. If you guys have questions, you can post in the Facebook group. You can email myself, andrew at fittown.com or Austin at fittown.com. Mm-hmm. We'll see you on the next one.